Talk. WhatsApp Kaketso now. 072-567-1567. At 28 minutes to 10, it is a Thursday. The one and only Tim Lundy is here. He hasn't shaven in a couple of days. <laughs> he, he really looked like a mountaineer. What's going on? <laughs> what is this? It's, it's mo- not Movember yet. <laughs> it's my winter fluff. We've got to keep warm, dog. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm you're just... like you're doing Movember in July. <laughs> Christmas in Have July. you been that busy that you forgot to shave? What's going on? No. And I know I'm the last person to talk, but I'm just saying. No, I just uh, I got bored with shaving. <laughs> so I just decided to give it a break for a while. <laughs> you look like the quintessential Manta guy. Like you know when you when you watch those series like uh, like girls. living living Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> you got the K-way jacket, you got the ruffled up hair, I'll and you got the beard. <laughs> You're really living hands. up to this hiking with Tim thing, aren't you? <laughs> it's just a different look. <laughs> What's happening, brother? You good? Yeah, all good. All good. Uh, there's lots to talk about, of course, yeah. but um, we always start with rescue recaps. Um, I'm hoping you have nothing to tell us. There was just one, I think it was yesterday, um, a lady got stuck um, and called for help in Helderberg. And so they went up. She'd um, been able to give them a drop pin, so it was a, an easy extraction. But just another one of those things of just don't walk alone. Yeah. Um, she got lucky because her phone apparently was, um, the battery was low and um, it could have gone horribly wrong with the temperatures the way they are at the moment. I certainly wouldn't want to be stuck out there um, mm. with the temperatures the way they are because I was last Thursday um, when I actually phoned you. Yeah, the temperatures, I actually had to head back down to get my jacket because it was so cold. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about that, um, about what happened last weekend on the Hanardendal uh, Trail, because part of the broader conversation, at least this evening, risk versus reward, we'll get to that. The safety recap? Safety recap, um, there have been no attacks at the moment, and the authorities are still playing ball and um, on the mountains, and um, I've seen quite a few photographs here and there of rangers mm. being photographed with people on the mountains, so it's good to see that there are out and about and are being proactive, which is great. Great. So, can I didn't try? <clears throat> I mean, when you called me, I was in Johannesburg, so... Yeah, so I actually, we went up to Hanardendal on Friday night. Mm. And um, then we started the trail the next morning because you've got to start really early because it does... I mean, I think we walked for seven and a half hours. Mm. Um, I had Ella with me, my 11-year-old daughter, and so there were nine of us. We set off. And before that, I had um, Cape Nature actually phone me to say, look, you do know that there's this cold front coming in. So I said to him, look, I've been watching the whole week. I've been watching the fact that it is coming in. But with everything going the way it is, we'll be off the mountain before that cold front hits. Mm. And as we know, with Cape Town weather, it can change in a couple of hours. And sure enough, it did the the cold front moved forward in in terms of speed in terms of when it was going to actually make landfall and when it was going to hit where we were um so i had to make well i mean we had to make the the group had to make but ultimately it was it was down to me because i was the one leading the the trail Mm. um 
a decision as to whether we continue on day two and actually do day, day two, or we look at our options and, and bail out. So um, we made the decision to eventually bail out because there were three people that we, I didn't feel and the group didn't feel and, and those people didn't feel were going to be up to the challenge of climbing to 1,100 meters um, and then descending really quickly on the other side. Mm. Um, and given the, the weather conditions that were, we were confronted with, mm. the fact that they were, it was speeding up, mm. I honestly believe we would have been caught smack bang in the middle of it. When we, when we peaked out at 1,100 meters, I believe we would have been smack bang in the middle of the cold front, which, as we now know, mm. had lots of snow. So that, that peak um, above Gnadendal, or definitely, I've seen photographs, mm. all the mountains that we were hiking were all covered in snow. I mean, the lesson here is that, so you, when you got a call from Cape Nature saying, listen, this is what's going on, you you had, um, as you said, had observed, the to, you yeah. had, you had yeah. observed, you, you knew what the, the weather was going to be like, you knew the cold front was, was, was coming in, but exactly. you, you expected that you'd be able to do what you needed to do before it comes in. Yeah. Uh, but then again, in rolling with the punches um, and dealing with things as they come, noting that the weather was or the cold front was coming in faster than you expected, you're able to make that decision. And the lesson yeah. here being uh, make the decisions as you go based on the the, exactly. the, the the conditions. And and go with it as things change. And things did change. Yeah. While we were out there, things were changing. Um, there was even a little bit of rain on the Saturday where we were. Um, so, yeah, it, it it was a very difficult decision to make based on the fact that I don't like to bailout and things like that. Mm. Um, but it was a very easy decision to make for the group. Um, you know, as a group, we made the decision that it just was not safe for any of us, um, that we were going to be we were going to be in trouble. What what would you have faced had you continued? Had we continued from from terrain and then the terrain in relation to the weather as well? So the, ter the terrain was tougher than the first day. And we all felt that the first day was quite tough. Um, a lot of us were definitely able to do the second day. However, based on the weather conditions, it became tricky. Um, and it was, you know, you, you're sitting on a farm in the middle of nowhere trying to make a decision of, of do we go, don't we go? Mm. Um, and if we do go, what are, we, what are the possibilities of this actually hitting us and what are our chances? So you were not mid-hike when you made the decision? No, we basically we finished, finished the first day and, and towards the end of the day, a couple of the people were starting to take strain. Okay. Um, just because the day was very, very long. And the, the end part of it, um, the trail's very, very steep down. So two of the people's knees were starting to really ache. Mm. Um, and I must say, when I woke up in the next morning as well, the bed that I slept on wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. So my back was really sore as well. Um, so there was just all these things that are just adding up to the fact that, like, this is really not a good idea if we, if we do this. And I, I think it's very important that people know that it's okay. You know, it's some the, the guy that came to get us, um, he just said, look, you've got nothing to prove. And guess what? In a year, two years, 10 years time, the mountain's mm. still going to be there. Mm. There's nothing to say we can't go back and mm. do it again. And we will. The group just really want to do it again. On that, mentioning that somebody came to get you. So it wasn't a case of, all right, we're not going to carry on, but we're actually just going to go back the same route that you, you came. It was like, we're done. Yeah. Somebody so, come fetch us, let's go back. So we looked at all the options. 
Um, and so one of the options was, let's go back on the route that we started. And I then turned around and I said to him, if you remember coming down that hill. Now you must go up. In, try and go back up it. It's not designed that way. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like straight down to try and climb back up that again. Um, and I said, even if we do do that, there is a section where we've got to cross a river. Now, if this cold front comes in and we get hit with it, um, and, and the mountains around us are very steep, so the water comes rushing down. Um, I just said, then we get to the river and, and then we face with the problem of can we actually even get across the river? Mm. So it, you've got to take everything into consideration. And we, we discussed it for about half an hour. And eventually, um, two of them went to go and speak to the farmer. Um, and so that was an option of maybe finding out what the farmer could do or how they could help out. Um, and I then phoned this friend of mine, uh, Roger, who mm. is in rescue with me. And the reason I phoned him to start with was because he works for Cape Nature. Mm. So I wanted to find out from him, what is the protocol? You know, it's a Cape Nature trail. Who do we call? Um, at this point, I don't want to call rescue because we don't yeah, really need yeah, to be rescued. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we're safe and, it, and it's warm, but we're stuck, we stuck on the wrong side of a mountain range um, and we can't get back over. It's just too dangerous to, mm. to try and get back over. Um, and we definitely weren't prepared for the snow. That was the one thing that was a big factor as well. That you know, we were prepared for rain. We definitely weren't prepared for snow. Mm. Um, and at the point that when we, we set out, the snow was only going to happen on sort of late Sunday, Sunday night. Mm. Yeah, we, but everything moved a lot faster. Um, so th that's why we had to make the decision that we did. And so Roger and his brother-in-law had to drive out from Cape Town. Well, they didn't have to. They volunteered to do so mm. because I asked him, have you got Cape Nature number or whatever? And he said, well, look, if you're stuck, I'll, I'll come and get you. Great people to know there. At yeah. 19 minutes to 10, uh, we are hiking with Tim Landy. Have you had to abandon um, a, a hike because of safety issues? Where was it? How far were you? And how did you get out of it? 021 SMS31567. We are on Twitter at Cape Talk at Gorgetsu Sechane at Hiking Cape Town. Tim, um, in your in your case and what happened on the Hanardendal Trail, you are not being rescued, right? No. Um, but there's also, in certain cases, planning that comes with rescue or extraction. Exactly. When people are on a trail and they cannot go forward and they had to pull out, what happens yeah. then? So, even in this case, even though we weren't technically being rescued, we had to come up with a plan. We had to come up with a plan B because plan A clearly was just not safe enough for us. So we came up with plan A, plan B, plan C, um, and, and sort of have your options, put them all on the table in front of everybody, and mm. then get everybody's input onto it. I'm not one of those leaders who feels that, like, I have to tell you exactly what we're going to do. Um, but if I need to, if, the, if people can make a decision, then I will step in. Mm. Um, but it was very, very clear. It was very unanimous, the fact that um, people didn't want to um, continue. Um, for for various reasons, and it just it, it just wasn't as a group. We didn't feel it was safe to do so. What happens in the event of okay? Let's say I mean you are how many people? Eight people? Nine people? We were nine. Yeah, nine people, and you find that you know the, the majority want to continue. Are you able to then? Is it a case of no? As a collective, we came together, we leave together, or those who want to go go, and the 
diehards, soldiers, rebels can carry on. So that did become one of the options um, two of the guys wanted to do, continue. They were the ones who came up with the idea of go back the way we came um, or go over the um, over the range itself. Mm. Um, now, when I did, you know, whenever I do a trail like this, especially if I have never done it before, I will study the map until I can, I see it in my sleep. Um, just so that when something like this happens, people were asking me questions when we were heading down to the farm. I knew exactly where the farmhouse was. Mm-hmm. Um, never been there in my life, but I'd studied the aerial photographs of the whole area. Yeah. Um, so I knew exactly what, what needed to, to happen. We had maps of the area. Um, so it was, yeah, you, you've got to... The, the, the people that wanted to go back, we were, I think we were able to convince them that, you know, when you add everything up together, it's just not... It's not worth and it, two, yeah. Sending two people is the worst thing to do because mm-hmm. if one of them gets injured, now you've only got one guy on his mm-hmm. own to go mm-hmm. and get help. Suddenly it becomes a rescue. Yeah, exactly. In the middle of snow. Exactly. So... When I sort of presented it like that, they kind of thought, okay, maybe it's not such a great idea. Uh, lesson learned? Because, I mean, you know, you might be Tim Lundy, but, you know, you're learning every time, right? Exactly. I, I think the, the, the lesson learned, and, and I've learned it many times before, is um, when you start thinking that you're bigger than the mountain, mm. um, the mountain will teach you that, that you're not. Mm. Um, and that you've got to be prepared to bail out on something if it doesn't seem safe to do so. Yeah, if it's too dangerous, don't do it. So here's here's a scenario similar to what you went through. Yeah, um, you are about to settle in after day one. There's no cell phone signal. There's no farmer that it can assist. The weather's coming in. You need to um, make a call, and the decision is: we need to get out. We can't continue, mm. but there's no way to get a hold of anybody. What then happens? Look, if it is too tricky to continue, you don't. You stay put. Rather stay dry and stay warm and and add up all your, your options. Mm. And I, I think had we been in the situation where luckily we did have cell phone reception, it was very weak, but we did have. Um, we did have enough cell phone battery power. Um, and we also had um, the farmer just down the road. Um, but if we had none of that, if we just had that cottage, yeah, I would have still told everyone to stay put. People knew where we were. Mm. They knew we had um, safety mountain tracking. And there I alerted them as well as to what our situation was, just so that they were aware and, and made, made it aware to them that this is not a rescue as such. Mm. It is a situation where it's too dangerous for us to continue. Because that's another lesson there um, that, that you, you actually mentioned this repeatedly. Whatever hike, whatever walk, let people know where you're going. Let them know yeah. what the route is. No, because exactly. even in the event of lack of uh, signal or lack of update, if you have told them that we're starting at this point, we expect to be at this point at this particular time and then move on to this point, they're able to start there with the information that you have provided Correct. as to where they're going to look. Correct. And and with that that weather system coming in. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a real thing. And um, even without the weather system, you've got to let people know where you're going. Um, because it could have been days that mm. we could have been sitting there waiting for, for help to arrive to come and get us. 
Talking to Tim Landy, as we normally do on a Thursday, he's sharing with us his experience of the Hanardendal uh, Trail, what they did, and after day one, they had to just pull out because uh, the weather was coming in. It was going to be uh, difficult. Have you lived through similar experiences of having to pull out of a particular hike? Um, what were you faced with and how did you get out of it? 021-446-0567, SMS 31567. We are on Twitter at Cape Talk, at Gorgetso Sachane, at Hiking Cape Town. And again, Tim, um, going back to the need to acknowledge um, those who came for you, Roger Harding and his brother-in-law. Yeah, Kashif and Peterson, thank you. We can't thank you enough. I mean, they had to drive out for two and a half hours just to get to us. Then we had to get into the car and drive another hour and a half back to the start to the cars and then they went home and we then had to drive back another hour but and there half. were eight of you what did they come or two cars no there were three cars so so they came with one car and we took three drivers so they came to pick the three drivers up for the three cars oh got you yeah. got you got you okay and okay. basically, the decision was made that just three of us need to go because we've only got three cars and, uh-huh. and we've only got a car with three that can fit three people on the back seat. And the rest must just stay indoors. And apparently, soon after we left, it absolutely bucketed it now. So it, it definitely was the right decision. I mean, they, they said for the next two hours, hmm. it absolutely poured down. They actually spoke to one of the farm laborers and he just said, you guys would have been in huge trouble had we had we tried to climb up he's gone up there before in bad weather and he just said that you would have been in running straight into and, and also tim you were there with your daughter exactly hey yeah. man hey man we're not taking no risks not taking risks but it was a, i think a good um lesson for her as well to to see that yeah the mountains are fun they're enjoyable but it has a dark side to it mm-hmm. and and you've got to respect it um and you've got to make the right kind of decisions and not Try and be the hero and try and take it on. No doubt. Um, because it will, too many people have done it in the past and they've come very, very short. It's good that it all worked out in the end, Tim. And while, while talking of trails, there is a need for us to talk about our next family walk. When was the last time? We did, we did. Um, Kuburg. Kuburg, yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going? Come on. When is this? Well, we'll, we won't be walking around a parking lot again. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know how much you love walking around. You mean lots. what you mean is you are not going to lead us around the parking lot. Please be clear here. You need to take responsibility, Tim. <laughs> okay, so the next one I think we should do is the Deep River and Elfin Trail, which starts at the top of Southern Cross Drive and walks all the way down to the Elfin Hotel. I have no idea where that is. It's a green belt, so it's like a selection of green belts that follow a bit of a small river. Um, when you say deep river, that's like the south, yeah? It's called, yeah, I mean, it's called Deep River Trail. Okay, so um, where is it? So it starts from Southern Cross Drive. You know where Southern Cross Drive off uh, Rhodes Drive? As in Newlands? Cecilia Forest. Okay, got yeah, you. Yeah. Got you. So from, from there, we then walk down um, all the way through Pine Forest and th- over rivers and bridges. And it's a great family walk. Nice. And How long? And it's downhill all the way for you. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How long is it? It's around about an hour and a half, two hours. You know my daughter's going to complain, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> like the last time with Newland, she's like, Dad, are we done? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> we can walk around the parking lot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we doing this? 
Um, well, we've got to we've got to have a look at the calendar, but I, I reckon um, beginning of next next month. Okay. So in, a, in about three three to four weeks' time, we can we can s- set off and and do a, a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next week we'll have a better idea of exactly when, and we can set a date. Do a Saturday, and um, yeah, I can even stop at the Elfin afterwards and have a refreshment. Yes, because we didn't do so the last time. No. Well, but then there was no refreshments in yeah, Kuburg. Nuclear power station <laughs> doesn't really have refreshments. <laughs> uh, so just again, uh, recap on on where uh, we are walking. And we will decide on the date in the next three weeks or so. So it's known as the Deep River and Elfin Trail, which Southern Cross Drive. What we do is we start by meeting at the Elfin and park the cars there and then take some of the cars up to the top. And then start the walk and walk back down to the to where the where the other cars are. Okay, makes a whole lot of sense. And all of these uh, family walks that we do hmm. um, are available in your book. We hardly mention your book, Tim, because I think also it's time for another book. And I think I need to be a co-author. <laughs> <laughs> Great, parking. I'll write the foreword. <laughs> Great parking lots of Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Landy and Gugas is a journey. Hiking. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, though, p- uh, book number two? Book number two, I think, is a little bit on hold at the moment because I'm still doing, we we putting the website and everything together for the Himmel and Otto. So mm-hmm. we need to get that out of the way because that is taking up lots and lots of time, but it's, it needs to get done now. Um, and as soon as we've got that out the way, then, then we can have a look at book number two. Yeah, you, you just need You just need to convince my wife that... We're going into book number two because she was very involved in the first one. (laughs) And it does take a strain on marriage. (laughs) So, um, again, let's just talk about the book that that exists because these family walks that we do uh, talk about are in uh, your book. Yeah, so family walks around Cape Town. Um, It is based for beginners and families and... When I say families, I mean from grandparents down to the, the kids, the dog. Um, and all of the walks are listed as to whether they're wheelchair-friendly or pram-friendly or uh, dog-friendly. And a lot of them are not actually on the mountain thems- uh, itself. Yeah. They're, they're in areas that you can go and walk in that are not strenuous um, and not intimidating mm-hmm. um, by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a good place to start if you want to get the family into into walking and interested in nature and, and seeing things. So a lot of the walks that I chose have got points of interest. So it'll be shipwrecks, lighthouses, things that interest kids, keep them entertained. Um, like the one we did um, across Long Beach where you are stopping at the, the rock pools and having a look at all the, 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 the things that they can find. And you just keep them entertained and they actually don't realize they're putting one foot in front of the other. Family Walks in Cape Town, 30 Easy Routes in the City and Surrounds by Tim Lundy. It's available in your local bookshop, is it? Yeah, exclusive books and Take A Lot have also got it online. Go and follow the brother at Hiking Cape Town and you can find out a bit more about what he does, capetownhiking.co.za. What happened to your mission to bring the politicians and everybody together to go and hike on uh, on the south side? Still a mission. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's never easy trying to get them all to agree on one day. I ask because I'm looking at your Twitter handle and one of the people that um, you are following or is following you, um, Alan Wendy, I see yes. his photo there. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, there was, you were supposed to do something with Alan Wendy. Yes. I swear with Alan, if you ask him to come and cycle, he will respond quicker. Yeah, he, exactly. <laughs> he, did, he did mention if we go cycling, it'll be a better chance of it happening. But I can't remember the last time I got on a bicycle. So. I prefer that to hiking. You prefer cycling? Yeah, I do. Okay. I honestly do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Next to, week, good cycling with Tim Lundy. <laughs> <laughs> and the week after that, jogging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> that is not going to work at all. But Tim, generally speaking, though, um, are we behaving on the mountains? Look, it's winter. Um, yes, uh, we are. Um, summertime comes and it, it all gets a bit silly. Um, but to just keep reminding people, just when you go out there, look after yourselves and, and take, the, especially now, take the weather into consideration. You know, before you set out, have a look at what the weather's going to do. And don't assume that if you're going to go for a four-hour hike, that it's going to be a four-hour hike. Because in that four hours, something may happen that turns it into a 12-hour hike mm. um, and a 12-hour rescue. And if there's a cold front on its way in and that was coming in six hours' time, guess what? It's still coming and you're stuck on the mountain. Yeah. And then it's a big game changer. And uh, there's always a need for us to remember, and you, you, you remind us actually repeatedly, if we were to focus on some of these popular spots like Lion's Head, Mm. And how a lot of people just undermine Lion's Head because it's so popular. Uh, they think, yeah, I'm just going to go there quickly and then come down again. And uh, yeah, yeah. This is the problem with with publicity of of routes like this, mm. where they get huge popularity because you know people say to me, "What is the easiest way up to a mountain?" And you know my answer: it's the cable car. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are actually hard. And, mm. and, and different variations of hard, but the next choice is plastic clip, and it's it's difficult. Yeah, you know, it's not a um, it's not a stroll by any means. Um, and Lion's Head is the same story. Lion's Head has got spectacular views, mm. but it's still a mountain, and it's still got those risks. Mm. It's as risky as India Fenster or Castile's Port, or even the pipe track. Mm. You know, the things that can happen. From snake bites to, um, you know, slipping, hurting yourself. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is a very, very popular route, but it's got to be respected. Yeah. And if it's not respected, it's going to come. If you're not going to prepare properly for it, you're going to. There's a good chance you're going to come short on it. We appreciate you as always, my brother. Mm. Thank you very much. And I think next week we can st start talking about or sharing uh, the, the walk that we're going to do uh, with um, uh, our, dear brother, our dear brother Blake. Blake, yes. We, yeah. need, to, we need to speak to him. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blake, go and check out Love Our Trails, uh, loveyourtrails.com, by the way. Uh, we've got some plans there with Blake. Tim, thank you very much, as usual. Um, yeah. And we, we do appreciate you. Go and check him out on Facebook, Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy, on Twitter at Hiking Cape Town, YouTube, Cape Town Hiking, Instagram, Cape Town Hiking. And he is also uh, on 
email. Hey, that is Tim at Cape Town Hiking. Yep. That's your answer. That's your answer.